Collins Dictionary said it was the phrase of the year in 2017. Fake news. Collins Dictionary. Here's the dictionary uh, definition, if we can put that up on the screen. Uh, false, often sensational information disseminated under the guise of news reporting. It was the phrase of the year in 2017. Of course, I think it was Donald Trump who kind of made it the phrase of the year. And uh, he is now the epicenter of fake news. Uh, you uh, have to, I think anybody, any rational person has to come to some con amount of conclusion that right or left, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, misinformation. Aren't you tired of it? I'm exhausted. And I've actually started to avoid the news. I used to be a news junkie. Uh, when I was very young, in 2004, I really started to get really heavy into news and politics and stuff like that. And I just realized that what happens is it just regurgitates. It just regurgitates. Every year, every election cycle, all the same stuff regurgitates. And someone's going to get on television or on some video and convince you that the other person is the Antichrist, and if they get into office, into the into office, then you are going to go straight to prison or get locked up or kicked out of the country. And and this is our world. This is our country. Unfortunately, uh, it's not that bad. Uh, I, I'll I'll take fake news over some of the other problems in some of the other countries. But I was thinking about how I think that we've got fake news for one primary reason, and that's because we've got too much news. Like, there's so many news channels, news outlets. It was said in the monologue earlier that you can scroll. I remember I was reading about the science behind the pull-down to refresh. You know what I'm talking about? When you take your phone out and you go on your news feed or you go on your social media stream and what happens to get the latest news, what do you do? Or the latest post, what do you do? You pull down and then you see the little wheel. Anybody get excited when the wheel starts to spin? Oh, here it comes, more information. And you pull down. And I actually read an article that they, they um, programmed phones to operate like that and feed you new information when you pull down to stimulate the same sensation that you get at the casino when you play slot machines. Isn't that crazy? Like, you've got a little slot machine in your pocket right now. And it's just like feeding that, I don't know, some portion of the brain that gets excited at the opportunity of seeing three apples or whatever. But instead of three apples, it's so-and-so is a racist, and Russia hijacked the election, and this person is, you know, uh, running around with all kinds of emails on a deleted server, or whatever, and it's like all over the place news. I think, like, one of my heroes, figment, figment heroes, is Superman. How many love you some Superman? <laughs> I love Superman. I would love Superman powers. How many of you would love to fly? I would love it. Not everybody. No sense of adventure in North Attleboro. I'm sure in Woonsocket there's sense of adventure. See through things. How many would love x-ray vision? Come on, teenage boys. You're with me on this one. Come on, you sickos. You, you need Jesus, you sickos. I'd love, I'd love uh, the laser eyes, like just to be able to, you know, 
just to be able to look at something, just burn it up. Like, I think God thought of giving us that power, but, but knew what was going to happen. Say, no, there'd be nobody left. Everybody would just be burning each other up. Right? I love that. Or the cold breath to stop, like, the fire. Right? But there's one, there's one power of Superman I don't want any part of. Super hearing. I don't want that power because I don't want to hear too much. Then you know, you get into your 20s, you want to hear everything. Then you get in your 30s and you think, man, maybe I shouldn't hear everything. I'm in my 40s now and I'm like, I want to hear as little as possible. <laughs> I don't want to hear everything and I think that's the reason why we got so much fake news is because we have this insatiable appetite to hear. What's going on? I want to hear, what, 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 what? I've learned the value of ignoring. I think it should be a spiritual gift in the Bible. If I was advising the Holy Spirit and writing the Bible, I'd say, put the spiritual gift of ignoring others in the list of spiritual gifts. Amen, somebody? Some of you need that gift. Because you want to know what everybody's doing. Everybody's thinking what they think about me. What I want to know now. In the name of Jesus, I ignore you. How much more peaceful would your life be if you could just learn to be a supernatural ignorer? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to start ignoring you. Amen. <laughs> now, don't do that. Just kidding. Three facts about fake news. I want you to write them down. Number one, fake news is delicious. Somebody say delicious. In one socket, say delicious. Fake news is delicious. And Proverbs 18, 8 in the New Living Translation says it. Rumors are Dainty morsels. It's like a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> My kids, they make chocolate chip cookies. This is why I have a problem down here. Because they make them like every night and they're just dainty morsels. And as soon as I smell them, I'm like, like, <laughs> to the kitchen. Who made chocolate chip cookies? That's, that, this is why fake news is so big because it's a dainty morsel. It's a rumor and it doesn't even have to be true. And it's just delicious. And it, it speaks to the corruption of our hearts. Because why are we not as switched on by um, just normal things? I talk to pastors regularly, and I don't know if you've been hearing about it. It's all, this is in the Christian news world. Lots of huge, mega, you know, giga church pastors, not mega like 2,000 and over, like giga, 10,000 people and over, church pastors are falling, like, you know, getting caught out with all kinds of sin from the past, and now they're having to resign. It's all, it's all over America this is happening. But it's really, if you think about it, it's like six guys. And every week, hundreds of thousands of pastors get up in the stage on Sunday and preach the word of God faithfully every single week and do it without acclaim and without fanfare. And no one wants to hear about that. We want to hear about the pastor who is a big fat hypocrite. Because it's delicious. It's, it's this appetite for the salacious that we have inside of our hearts. And you know why we have that? Because we know what's inside of our hearts. And so when we hear that somebody is worse than us, it's like, mm, mm, I'm not as bad as them. Right? That's what we do. 
It's what we do. Like, we want to we build up celebrities and then we love to tear them down so that we can say, see, they're actually worse than us. They're actually lunatics and morons. Amen. I feel so much better about myself now. And it's like, that is what Scripture calls the depravity of our hearts because we don't want to pay attention to the good. We love to pay attention to the nasty. And it it's just betrays that we need our hearts changed. Can I get a good amen, somebody? Number two, fake news is deceitful. It's deceitful. It lies to you, and then it makes you distrust other news sources or that news source that gave you the fake news. And it is real. I mean, it is real. I have seen, like, I have seen the news, and I've been watching it, and I just think, wow, they are getting away with some serious deception today. So let me finish Proverbs 18, verse 8, because it says, Rumors are dainty morsels, and check out how the passage ends, that sink deep into one's heart. Think about what the Bible's telling us here. It's saying that, you know what, all that stuff, the salacious stuff that you like to listen to because it tells you that other people are really, really, really bad and worse than you, that can get in here. Like, it's one thing to see it here, but it's another thing to let it come in here and start to take up ownership of your spirit and your being, and, and it will deceive you into thinking that because all these other people on the news are so much worse than you, you're not that bad. I got news for you. I got news for me. You're bad. Amen. We want to tell our kids they're good. They're, they're precious little snowflakes. No, they're evil. You never have to tell a child how to disobey mom and dad. They just do it automatically. It is pre-programmed into their DNA. They come out of the womb screaming their lungs out because they're like, this is what you're going to be doing for the next 40 years of your life over me. Kids are evil. People are evil. And then the deception, the fake news is, I'm not that bad. And then I thought about this. This is another catchphrase in our society today. I don't know if you've heard this term, but it's out there. It's called confirmation bias. Has anyone heard this term, confirmation bias? You should write this down, confirmation bias. Because what confirmation bias is, is that we will accept as true the news that we agree with. The bi our bias is confirmed by the news item. So it doesn't even matter often if we know or find out that it's true. We just, we just already have this feeling, and we want it to be true, and so therefore we say it's true because it, it, it confirms what I already believe. Do you understand the, um, the insanity of this? Do you understand the foolishness of this? The Scripture says that the fool is always thought right in his own eyes. There's a book in the Bible, it's called the book of Judges, and it's a terrible book because Israel just descends into this terrible situation where they are enslaved by all the nations they were called to reach for the Lord, and instead of reaching them and changing the nations, the nations came in and infected Israel and changed them, and the theme of that book is that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. America 2018, somebody. Everybody is doing what is right in their own eyes, and we get to see. This is a big thing with marijuana. Marijuana. Oh, oh, you people out there that like to puff the magic dragon. I want to talk to you for a moment. Because I know you're in here. I know it. Don't raise your hand. 
We'll just judge you from the stage. Amen, somebody. <laughs> You're puffing the magic dragon. No, it's good. I read news. It says it's no problem. No problem. And the news comes out, and this is coming out now out of Canada, of all places. They legalized it. Now they're like, whoops. <laughs> Apparently, if you use pot in your 20s, it lowers your IQ seven points on average permanently for the rest of your life. Seven points IQ difference. That might not be much for a brainiac, but for somebody who could get a good job or a crap job. That's a big deal, right? It actually contributes to depression. It does not alleviate depression, and it is highly addictive. These are the news reports that come, but the pot smokers, they're gonna be like, nah, fake news. Ah, <laughs> right, nothing wrong with my brain. Nothing wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I've been preaching a while, you can tell. I'm ready to go. Number three, fake news is destructive. Fake news is destructive because when you start doing things that are right in your eyes, how do you know that it actually is right? The scripture says there is a way that, say the next two words, everybody, seems right to a man. But the end of the way is death. It, it seemed right for you to get on that Tinder app and swipe, swipe, swipe. It seemed right to flirt with the girl harmlessly at the water cooler, even though you were already married. It seemed right for you to skip church. It seemed right for you to not worry about your children's faith and not make church a priority for your home. It seemed right to not honor God financially. It seemed right to go into debt with credit cards because after all, everybody's doing this the American way. We're all in debt anyway. It seems right. And what we often think is right at one point in our lives, let's be honest, at some point in our lives, we will wake up and say, what was I thinking? You gotta just live a couple of decades to figure that one out. And you will live with the regrets of the decisions that you made because they seemed right at one point, but you don't have the whole truth. I got good news for anybody who loves God. This is the truth, and Jesus is the truth. And if you trust him, he knows how to lead you to life in the truth. That's, that's the, that's the um, fake news world that we live in. I, from, from the category of real news, actually. There was a couple, uh, a... Uh, uh, young urban professional couple, Washington, Washington D.C., and uh, their names Lauren Gagan and Jay Austin, and they decided they were sick of the rat race of uh, professional, upper professional lives in America. So they sold their things, they quit their jobs, and they shipped their mountain bikes to Africa, and they said they were going to travel the world on their bicycles and find life. And they did, and they went out, and they traveled all over the Middle East, all over Africa, and they started to blog about it, and they started to say how wonderful the world is, and everybody is awesome, and there's no such thing as evil, and they wrote this. They wrote this in their blog a couple of weeks ago. Here's from their own words. This is what they said. You read the papers, and you're led to believe that the world is a big, scary place. People, are, people the narrative goes, are not to be trusted. People are bad. People are evil. Now listen to his words. I don't buy it. In other words, he would not agree with what I'm telling you right now. I don't buy it. Evil is a make-believe concept we've invented to deal with the complexities of humans who hold values and beliefs different than our own. 
And literally a few days after he wrote those words, they were riding along the border of Tajikistan. And they were passed by four ISIS militants who drove by them in a car, did a U-turn, ran them over, got out of the car, and stabbed them to death. What you choose to believe could kill you. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but it leads to death. Why do I trust in the Lord? Because he knows what he's talking about, and I don't. That's what faith is all about, friend. Faith is not only believing that Jesus is right, but also believing that you could very well be wrong. This is why people don't want to come to church, because they don't want to hear that. I don't want the preacher to tell me I'm wrong. Why not? It could save your life. You're going to hit rock bottom. This is why people come to church after they hit rock bottom because they found out they were wrong. I better get to church. This is why they, everybody finds Jesus in prison. <laughs> right? Because they know, oh, man, oh, I was wrong. Right? And it's, it's, it's the reality of a world that has not changed much, maybe in the look and in the style, but has not changed much since the days that Paul, the apostle, wrote the book of Colossians. Because the book of Colossians, four-chapter book, it'll change your life. A little book. It's a book in our Bibles, but it was actually an ancient letter written by a guy who hated Jesus, and then Jesus showed up and knocked him down and said, you're going to help me out now. And he fell in love with Jesus, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he traveled over the whole world preaching the gospel. And we are all here today in large part because of Paul the Apostle. So when he was in his missionary journeys, he decided that he was going to write letters to some churches that he heard were going through some stuff. And one of those churches is the church in the first century city of Colossae. Not a big city. Not a very prominent city. It was actually between two very important cities, Laodicea and Heriopolis. And so it's kind of like North Attleboro because, and, and Woonsocket, it's kind of like our cities because we're kind of like right between Providence and, Providence and Boston. And so I'm like, like, this is a book for us. And he writes to this little church in Colossae, and this is the theme, okay? I want you to catch the theme, and, and I want us to read the scriptures from the screen together at both of our locations. So uh, let's stand together for the reading of God's word, because the text we're going to read from, or study from today is in chapter one, but we're going to go to chapter two, verse eight, to talk about the theme of the series and the theme of this letter from Paul to Colossae, and also to us today, all right? So here's what it says. Let's read it together. One verse, Colossians 2, 8, on the count of three. One, two, three. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I ask that as we begin this journey, you will guide every step. And my prayer for our church, Woonsocket, North Attleboro, for our church, is that we will have discerning ears, not to hear everything, but to hear truth. 
and not to be dissuaded by the lies all around us. I pray your kingdom come and your will be done, and may we see Jesus. In his mighty name we pray, and everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. Have a seat. Can I tell you that there are two, new, there are two words Two phrases, I think these are some of the most dangerous phrases in the world, and it's just kind of like, I, wanna, I want you to be able to have like a little red flag moment when you hear these words, okay? Red flag moment when you hear these words. The two phrases are, they say, and studies show. You ever hear the words, they say? I hate those words, they say. More damage has been done to more lives through the two words, they say, than can be counted. On a funny level, You've heard they say, I've heard they say, and I remember listening to some of the they says of the world. There is a powerful sway to the words they say. Like a couple of years ago, a couple of decades actually now, it was they say that you should eat only meat, not carbs. You want to lose weight? They say only meat. So what do we do? We all went out and got some steaks some burgers, some hot dogs. We started eating burgers without the buns. What kind of a sick society? <laughs> Eats burgers without buns. <laughs> ate all kinds of cheese, vegetables we kind of ate, but no potatoes and no starches, no carbs, right? And then we didn't get sugar to our brains. Remember that? It was the Atkins diet. I did it for 16 days. I couldn't remember my name. But I was losing weight, praise God. Who are you? I don't know. <laughs> they say, there's another one. They say you should drink eight glasses of water a day. How many remember that one? I did that too. I was in the bathroom all day. <laughs> Thank you, they say. <laughs> right? Uh, they say, another one, studies show, studies show, you should drink six cups of coffee a day. It's good for your heart health. I received that one. Hallelujah. <laughs> that one's true. I don't care if it's fake news. That one's true in my book. Confirmation bias right here. Amen, somebody? Yeah. Six cups of coffee in Jesus' name. <laughs> Watch out for they say, because they say will sway you away. <laughs> from the life that Jesus wants for you. Can we, can we put that scripture back up? Don't let anyone take you captive. It's Colossians 2, eight. Don't let anyone take you captive by, and I love, not by handcuffs and guns, but by philosophies. Ideas have consequences. What is up, what's rolling around up in here? That's got you captive, that's got you bound, that's got you enslaved. Look at and empty deceit. There are some lies out there that you gotta watch out for. There are some lies out there that you gotta pay attention to. You know that for many years, for, for a whole year actually, in the early 1980s, there was a show called Cosmos. It was narrated by a guy named Carl Sagan. How many remember that show? It ran for about 13, 15 episodes in 1980. And Carl Sagan got up and opened up that show, 13 episodes with the same lie. With the same exact lie. He would say, the Cosmos is all that ever was and all that ever will be. Translation, there is no God. And then science finds out, oops, the cosmos had a beginning. 
but he got away with lying to a whole generation of kids. And today I wonder who watched the show and bought the lie and ran with it and now is hooked on drugs or divorced or up a creek or lonely or depressed or suicidal because they don't got any hope because they don't believe there's a God. And if they could only hear that the God who made them sent Jesus to save them. Oh, man. Ideas have consequences. Watch out for the they says because people will come at you with that stuff. They come at me with, Pastor, Pastor, they are saying, they're saying, I hear my people are complaining. Okay, who? I don't want to say. Then shut your mouth. <laughs> if you can't name names, all right, I don't want to hear it. Because when you say they say and you can't say anybody's name, it's really you. <laughs> You're just upset at something. But they say carries a little bit more sway. And so, too, in our culture, they say, will sway us away from the life that God wants us in, in, in him. Watch out for those words. What's the answer to fake news? Write it down. The good news. Amen. Fake news needs to be countered, not by other news, but the good news. And that's Paul's approach in chapter 1 of Colossians. Because I love how he opens this, this letter to the Colossians in chapter 1, and you can turn there. He first introduces himself, Paul, an apostle, and Timothy, writing to the church, our faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. And then verse 3, and we can put this up on the screen. Look at what he says. We always thank God. Somebody say, always thank God. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing. It is also doing that among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister in Christ on your behalf, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Here's Paul's, here's Paul's strategy for taking on the philosophical attacks against a church in the first century in Colossae. Here's his strategy. Before you worry about what's wrong, I want you to think about what's right. Before you worry about what you're hearing from others that could very well be destructive deceptions that will mislead you and destroy you, I want you to focus on what God has done for you. I love it because Paul doesn't jump down their throat. Because this is a letter, remember? It's a letter. He doesn't say, Paul, writing to the church in Colossae, what the heck is wrong with you? Why are you listening to these liars and deceivers? And he doesn't name anybody's name. He doesn't call anybody out. He opens with a word of positivity. Hey, I think the church should be positive. We got a, we got a reputation out there that is all negative. And we got to listen to the words of Scripture that teach us to be positive. Why? Because of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. So that's point number one, all right? Are you ready? Number one. Fake news won't frustrate me. And the title of my message is, frustration is optional. Fake news won't frustrate me when I take lots of time to thank God for what I have in Christ. Come on, Waters Church. Come on, somebody. You need to thank God for what he has done and given you in Christ Jesus. 
If you know that you're saved, if you know that he loves you, if you've received the, 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 the sacrifice of Jesus for your sins, you got a lot to be thankful for. I, 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 I think that that's the key to approach uh, living in a world with so much negativity and so much fake news and all kinds of empty deceptions and philosophies is to say, wait a second. The New York Times, the Boston Herald, the New York Post, the Boston Globe, they don't tell me what I got. Fox News doesn't tell me what my problems are. And CNN can't tell me how bad everything is before I start to first think about the fact that I am a blood-bought, born-again, heaven-bound saint of the Most High God. Hallelujah! He says, we always thank God. We always, if you got your notes out, underline the words, always thank. Always thank, he says in verse 3. We always thank God. Paul was a thankful minister. And by the way, do you know what? Paul's writing this letter from prison. He, why is he in prison? Because he was telling people about Jesus. Would the day come that we are getting imprisoned in this country because we are telling people about Jesus? It may come. Are we going to throw our hands up in the air and say, oh, woe is me. When is Jesus coming back? Ah, or are we going to be thankful? Paul had thanksgiving in his heart for a church while he's sitting there in chains. Because he knows. He knows that being saved changes everything. Being saved can't stop you when you're in the middle of a prison. Being saved can't stop you when you've lost a loved one. Being saved can't stop you when you lose a job. Being saved can't stop you when your friends reject you. Being saved can't stop you when the economy crashes. Being saved can't stop you because you know that he holds the whole world in his hand and he's got you right there too. We thank God since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something. If you've got faith in Christ Jesus, you overcome the world. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Enough of the moaning, groaning Christians who are so miserable with everything that's going on in the world. Are you not saved? I remember when I was working at, the, at a bank, and it was while I was doing youth ministry, and I remember that there was this really rich guy that used to come in, and he was such a jerk. Oh, he was such a jerk. And I had a manager, and this manager was a Christian. We were the only Christians on staff. And I remember she was at my desk with me, and I was doing some paperwork for him. And he left, and we looked at his balance sheet, and I said, whoa, he's such a jerk, and look at how much money he's got. I'll never forget what she said. She said, Tim, aren't you a son of God? I said, I'm the minister. You don't minister to me. I minister to you. That was a word I needed. Perspective changes everything. You're saved. You're born again. Then he says, we thank God that you have love for the saints. Do you understand that when God, when Jesus comes into your life, he gives you a heart that is filled with love? You know this? This is how come people come into our church, they get saved, and they say, I don't know, I felt lighter. I, I don't know what happened. I felt warm. I don't know, I felt, I felt something. Yes, the Holy Spirit got in you. 
And that brings the love of God and the peace of God. And so he says, I'm thankful to God that you guys love one another. And the Waters Church, I got to say, is a very loving place. I go away for four weeks and you guys aren't ticked. Amen. What a loving place. Love for the saints. The Bible says in Romans 5 that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes in and he gives us the love of God. You say, I don't feel the love of God sometimes. You need to ask for fullness in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why do I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be a weird Christian. No, 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 no. It's not about being weird. It's about being strong. Filled with the love of God. I need love. It can't come from within. All the world likes to talk about love, but it's really lust. It's really infatuation. It's really self-centered love. True love is selfless. True love is laying your life down for others. And this is the love of God that want, this is the love that God wants to give you so that you don't worry about yourself. You start to live with others in mind. And when, when you start taking your eyes off of yourself, it's so freeing. You know, I'm all upset about every little thing that happens, every little slight. Superman ears, worrying about what everybody thinks about you. So what? My life is not about me. My life is for the glory of Jesus. Number, I'm sorry, and then he says we, we thank God for the love, that, for the hope, look at that, for the hope that you have in heaven. You go into heaven. Come on. Well, all right, so some junk is happening now. You're going to heaven. Do you understand that you're going to heaven? And 10,000 years from now, when you're worshiping Jesus and exploring the galaxy, because you will have the gift of flight, I believe. I'm claiming that in Jesus' name. <laughs> in the new life, Jesus walked through walls. The resurrected Jesus walked through walls. He appeared suddenly in certain places. And the Bible says that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We're going to have that resurrected body, that resurrected body that's not hindered by space and time. We'll be able to go anywhere at any time. The, the galaxy, the universe is expanding still to this day. It is just God saying, I'm laying it out for you. I'm laying it out for you. A playground for my children. And when you come into the next age, you're going to be exploring Pluto and, 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 and other planets that I can't name right now and all these other galaxies. And you're going to enjoy the glory of the heavens for all eternity. Whoa. Are you really going to be worried about what's on your mind right now 10,000 years from now? No. That's why he says, I'm so thankful. And I thank God all the time that you are going to heaven. Are you thankful that you're going to heaven? If you're not thankful, you might need to come to Jesus so that you can know you're going to heaven. Number two. Fake news won't frustrate me when I know God's will for my life and I follow it in God's power. This is a long point, but it's a, it's a long, long-worded point, but it's a powerful point. Instead of worrying about whether or not the president knew he was paying off the porn star, <laughs> why don't you worry about what God has called you to do with your life and do it? Because there's nothing better than doing the will of God. Because he knows what's good for you. I want you to hear me. You can know God's will, and you can do God's will. You can know God's will, and you can do God's will. Somebody say it with me. I, I, can, know I can know 
and I can do God's will. That's what Paul prays here for them. Look what he says. Number one, this is how we know and do God's will. Number one, pray to be filled with the knowledge of his will. How can I know God's will? Pray for it. And I love Paul's prayer because he says, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled. Somebody say filled. Not kind of know, not have an idea, not a general concept. No, filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You got to know this. There's worldly wisdom and then there's spiritual wisdom. And worldly wisdom deals with facts and feelings and spiritual wisdom dwells in the realm of the omniscience of God who knows the end from the beginning. And spiritual wisdom can save you from a catastrophe. I've met people who didn't buy a certain house because the Holy Spirit spoke to them, don't buy the house. And they didn't, and they listened to the Holy Spirit and they saw what happened to the house and they said, thank you, Jesus. Spiritual wisdom. Don't you understand, child of God, he wants it to go well with you? He wants it to go well with you. Take time to pray, God, I want to be filled. Somebody say filled. Not, not guessing. Filled with the knowledge of his will. I know what God has called me to do. And when I know that, I'm not going to be dissuaded or distracted or deceived by what other people think I should do. I'm filled with the knowledge of his will. Number two, under this point, you pray for God to fill you with his will. Then number two, you prepare to follow God's will in order to please him. Because that's what Paul writes here to the Colossians. He says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Now the word again is a filled word. Fully pleasing him. I want to be filled with the knowledge of what God wants me to do. So that I can be fully pleasing to who? To God. Notice that it doesn't say fully pleasing to my spouse. Notice that it doesn't say fully pleasing to my kids. Notice that it doesn't say fully, young people, pleasing to my friends. Enough worrying about pleasing them. Serving them, yes. Pleasing them, no. You can't please people. You can please some people, some of the time, but you can't please all people all the time. And the sooner that you get to learn this, the more free you're going to be to do what God wants you to do. And so when other people say, I don't like what you're doing with that. Why are you going to church all the time? Because I'm living out my calling in Christ Jesus. Why are you opening your home to a small group? What kind of nonsense is this? What kind of cult did you join? I didn't join a cult. I joined the eternal family of the living God. And I know who I am right now. So don't tell me who I should be and what I should do with my life. I got a real problem with the generation that we live in that keeps talking about being an individual and everybody is the exact same way. You want to be a rebel? You want to be an individual? Follow Jesus' plan for your life and watch the world shake their head and say, I don't understand that. That's rebellion, friend. I got no problem with teenagers rebelling. Just rebel in the right way. Rebel from following the crowd. Rebel from following your friends. Rebel from the mantras of our age. Rebel from listening to all the celebrity gossip and all that junk and start following Jesus. Though none go with me, still I will follow. 
That's cool rebellion right there. Pleasing to him. Then number three, receive God's power to perform it. God will never tell you what he wants you to do and then leave it up to you to make it happen. Why would he do that? That'd be a cruel God. He's not cruel. He's good. He doesn't just tell you what he wants. He gives you the power to do it. It is God in you working to will and to obey everything according to his good purpose. Philippians 2, 13 and 14. God works in his people. Look at what it says in verse 11. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. You say, I can't break out of this sin, pastor, this sin. Okay, confess it to somebody and then ask them to pray for you to have the power of God to walk away from it. I can't change my marriage. My marriage is falling apart. I know you can't. He can't. Yeah, you're talking about the superstitious prayer stuff. No, I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit of God coming into you and changing you into a brand new person. Don't tell me that God can't do something like that. We got a book that's filled with stories of God doing some amazing, stinking stuff. Splitting seas, splitting rivers open, opening the earth, hail from heaven, knocking out the superpower of the world, Egypt so that his children could be set free. Don't you know that those stories are in those books for a reason? So that you learn to be proud and confident in who you are as a member of the eternal family of the living God and know that no weapon formed against you is gonna prosper. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Finally, number three. Point number three, main point number three. Fake news won't frustrate me when I identify myself as a member of the kingdom of God. Who are you? Are you going to listen to the noise out there about who you are and who you should be? And what you feel inside? I already told you, this thing is already corrupted. Out there is corrupted. There's only one who is true. Paul says in in the book of 1 Corinthians, let God be true and every man a liar. There's one who's true, and you are part of his movement. Look what Paul says in verse 13 of chapter 1. He says, he has delivered us. Somebody say delivered. He has set you free. He has come in, and he has delivered. You did not just get saved. You did not just get your ticket stamped to get to heaven. You are delivered. You are, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. That's who you are. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Do you understand? Waters Church, do you understand that the whole world lies in darkness? This is why people do the stupid stuff that they do. This is why people follow the same stupid material over and over and again. This is why people do the same stupid thing and they get the same stinking results. And you say, what's wrong with them? Why do they do that? Because they're in darkness. When you walk into a dark room and you don't got any light, you ever, you ever, does that ever go well with you? I, the other night I woke up in the middle of the night, like 3 a.m., it was completely dark. And I usually have my phone next to my bed and I forgot to pick it up and I was stumbling through my own room, stumbling, bang, bang, boom, bang. And I realized that I was, I was trying to get to the bathroom and I thought I was at the door. I was in the corner of the closet. Because when you're in darkness, you have no clue. 
Which way is the right way? That's not who you are, Christian. You are a chosen member of the kingdom of his light. Jesus said, Jesus said, I I have come. I I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in, say it, darkness, but will have the light of life. John 12, 46, he says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. You're not in darkness. You're not darkened in your understanding. You're not lost. Don't you understand who you are? You're a member of a different kingdom. In another passage of scripture in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul says it like this. But our citizenship is where? In heaven. I said this in the last series. I want to say it again. I am not an American before I am a citizen of the kingdom that's coming. Do you know why that means so much to me? Because this, you, you turn on the television, you talk to people on, on social media or talk to people in chat, and everybody's all upset about everything that's going on in this. Do you understand? You need to see yourself like this. You are a stranger passing through. You are just visiting. This world is not your home. So when you hear those arguments... And when you hear all that noise, and when you hear all that news, and when you hear all those liars, and you get so mad, don't worry about getting mad. They're in darkness. You'll be the light of Jesus to someone. And you tell them. You open your mouth and you tell them who you are and where your hope is so that you don't get caught up in that back and forth, noisy, angry, hate filled stuff of our culture we're his people and i want you to write this down last thing because i am not of this world the news of this world does not have power over me this politician is going to take your jobs let him take them my father will find me a new one this politician is going to crash the economy Well, if it crashes, I know that my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he will take care of me. And and he says, I have never seen the righteous begging bread or his children starving. (laughs) Oh, there's going to be war. There's going to be war. Jesus said there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. It's all going to happen. But I want you to know that the beginning of birth pains. That the more you see that stuff and the more you hear about that stuff, that just should tell you that his return is getting closer than ever before. He's on the way back. And we're going to be with him in the clouds of heaven. And this world is not our home. We're heading to that one. And Jesus is alive. 